0: and welcome to another edition of the coffee cast vacation we are coffeeless uh, today because uh, we're both on restricted times here but uh, this has been something we've been working on for about six months to, to line this up so thanasi kokanakis thank you very much for finding some time here uh, a day after qualifying for the australian open congratulations on that
1: thank you appreciate it pleasure of having me uh it's been it's been too long we've been talking about it for a while but uh, now we've found some time so yeah more than willing
0: podcast is brought to you by new balance of course all of the new kits are coming out and you can check all of them out in just a couple of days and make sure to go to newbalance.com i believe newbalance.com.au i would guess down I here but you're not allowed to I think that's talk it, right? about
1: that I, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah, good. Uh, but we certainly appreciate all of the support for and from new balance over the last couple of years. So let's, let's talk about these last couple of days. Um, I, I got to broadcast your, your first match against Mohamed Safwat and you, you looked a little bit distracted here and it, it seems from, from my perspective, the American perspective, there's just a, a kind of a media circus here mm-hmm. in, in Melbourne for, for you specifically, for Nick and, yeah. and Bernie over the last couple of years. Can you explain to just kind of the layman what, what it's like to, to go through that and how you try to block that out as much as possible?
1: Yeah, it's really tough. Obviously, uh, you know, I was, I was hoping for a wild card here, but um, it is what it is. I think I've had some good results here in the past. But, uh, you know, going through qualies isn't, isn't a bad thing for me. I think I play some of my best tennis, and when I have a chip on my shoulder, when I feel like I have something to prove, when I'm, when I'm fired up, but it's, it's, I said before in an interview somewhere that it's about finding that balance because if you're too fired up then you get too uptight and you can't really play free, um, and you also don't want to get too angry. So you want to use that, but also channel it in the right way. So, but yeah, there's, there's been a bit of a circus going on. Um, but I just had to had to focus on myself and uh, worry about what I'm doing right now um, and kind of just take it day by day. And Because I know qualies is really tough. I haven't qualified yeah. for a slam before. I got really close when I was 18. I think I had a match point in French Open last round. And that one knocked me around for a little <laughs> while. So as I said quality is tough like it's I know the levels maybe obviously not quite where it's at yeah. in the main draw but everyone's trying to win and a lot of these players have been top 100 or been there before yeah. and are fighting back from injuries or are getting a little bit older and they're experienced veterans and they know how to play on tour so you just got to kind of back it up day by day, and then just be ready for the battle.
0: Yeah, because I actually did the next day. I did Victor Troitsky. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, good yeah. lord, you've been 12 in the world, yeah. and you're having a... But he, you know, he found a way. Yeah. Uh, much like you did the last couple of days. Yeah. That being said, uh, playing Peter Polanski in the final round of qualifying, I mean, you just—I assume before the match, you just penciled in a W. As he's getting <laughs> a lucky loser.
1: I—I I, I said it to a few people. as a
0: joke. <laughs> I actually like Peter a lot. He's a—he's a really too.
1: good guy. Um, He's pretty, he's pretty quiet at the start, but then, and you think he's a bit quirky, but then when you get to meet him he's actually hilarious and uh, he's a really good really good dude and a good mate of mine on tour. Um, so, I was a little bit annoyed it was against him, um, and we practiced a lot together before every tournament. We practiced before Brisbane. I played mm-hmm. him in Brisbane first round. Yeah. We practiced here. I ended up playing him here last round. It just works like that sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I said to a few people, I was like, it doesn't even matter if I win all those because he's getting <laughs> in anyway. <laughs> But uh, no, nah, I don't know. He deserves it. I'm, I'm so surprised he hasn't been top 100. It might yeah. be a mental thing. I'm not sure what it is. But his game's definitely good enough, and he's been chipping away at it for a while. So hopefully he gets there. Um, but if not, I think he's had a, he's had a good career regardless. But uh, yeah, it's tough. Every match had its own little challenges. I was up a set and a break uh, in the first round against Safwaite. I started off the match really well. And then, again, I just know I wanted to qualify so badly here yeah. that uh, yeah, I played it with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. And I knew when it got... To crunch time a little bit. I was getting a bit edgy, a bit yeah. uptight and I wasn't playing with that freedom that when I know I can play, I feel like I'm a very good player. So I had that in all my, all my rounds um, but sometimes that's it. Sometimes the biggest wins you have and the most important ones are, uh, are the scrappy ones you can kind of claw out.
0: So in, in talking about Polanski there, you say his, his career is successful regardless of whether he's top 100 or not yeah. and so I'm interested to hear what you think is success within your career and obviously injuries have hampered you yeah. so much over the last couple of years. How, how do you view success versus failure and, and expectations?
1: It's a tough one. Obviously everyone wants to put a label on you of what you can be, whether it's a top 10, top 20, top 30 player. But And, and coming up, everyone grows up like, I want to be number one in the world and win slams. And it all sounds unbelievable when you're younger, but it's, it's not that easy. Yeah. And even some of the top players are just like, who you'd almost pencil in, you'd think they'd have one, but it just doesn't work like that. So you never know what your chance is going to come. you just got to be ready and hopefully grind out day by day. And and some days I haven't done that in the past, uh, but I'm trying to do that more and more, start being more consistent with uh, just just how I approach things uh, every day. And and when my opportunity comes calling, um, hopefully I'm going to be there. But again, being healthy is a big one for me. For me, I just want to reach my potential and and I know where I can play because when I play practice, I'm so relaxed, I'm so free. Um, and I can play at a really good level so uh, I've shown that sometimes in tournaments but it's about being healthy and, and staying on the court and being consistent enough to have confidence in my body and my mind that I can do that in a big match.
0: So I assume you do have in, in this regard some goals about I would like to be top 10 or, yeah. or whatever it may be, how, how do you balance um, just this idea of yeah you do have the long term goals with staying within yourself within that one day within yeah. that one stretch whatever yeah. it may be?
1: So. I've been speaking to a few people and, and I've started to tap into Darren Kale yeah. a little bit more. Um, I, I knew kind of of him and we spoke a little bit but just here and their passing comments. I mean, He was always like watching out for me and looking out for me but this kind of last sort of few months sort of mid to end last year I started to tap into him a little bit more and just kind of listen and uh, speak to him a little bit more and he, he told me the next two years for me isn't about my ranking. It isn't about uh, my tournament wins or matches wins. It's about building myself in two years' time for when I'm what, 24 to be ready and have a real crack and be in a good position, whether I'm he, he honestly said if you're 200 in the world I don't give a shit, as long as you're healthy and playing a lot of mm. tournaments and your body's ready because your tennis isn't the issue so the, they're, they're good things to hear especially from someone like that so that, that's where I'm going, obviously I don't want to be 200 in the world right. in two years right. uh, if but, I
0: see you again in California yeah, somewhere for a challenger I mean, it's a
1: great place, but with all due respect I hope to never <laughs> be there again but, you know, everyone does it at some point. Sam Sam did it for a little bit uh, yeah. when his career was kind of... He thought he was struggling a little bit. He went back and killed it. And now, yeah, he had probably one of his best years on tour after that. So there is a place for it. And Agassi did it, obviously, in the past. But, yeah, with all due respect to the Challenger Tour, I hope to not be there
0: very long. So can you explain the, the difference um, for, for people who are listening to this? A lot of them are going to be Challenger fans yeah. and see you at that level. Why it is so hard to get out of that level... Um, for, for a lot of players, the mentality that, that you get kind of stuck there?
1: First and foremost, it's tough. Like, there's there's some good players there, but it's also easy to lose focus in a way because it feels like the tournaments just roll on and it's the same sort of... You see the same faces in the same week and uh, there's not a lot of money to play for. You've got to look at the points more so for challenges. Um, and I, I don't know, everyone's, everyone's really scraping and clawing to, yeah. to be there, and, and they kind of want to... Win every week, and if you're not on your game 100%, you can find yourself getting bounced in the first round and not be too ready. And there's always a tournament next week, but sometimes you get comfortable with the players around, you start to make good friends with the players, and you're just like, oh yeah, it's an easy one here, it's an easy schedule. You know some people, maybe you know some host families you've stayed with in the past, and everything's just comfortable. So it's about really pushing yourself and, and thinking, no, I'm above this level, I've got to work harder, and yeah. I've got to prove to myself and others that this isn't where I belong.
0: Do you feel like you've, you've done
1: a good job of that, of managing that aspect? Some days yes, some days no. I think I'm on the right track with it. Um, I think I've found the balance because i got a few people who told me in the past, like, yeah, you can play well when the lights are on, but sometimes uh, when there's matches you should win and the grindy ones, you're not willing to do the mm. hard yard. So I think that was a good thing for me, winning two challenges at back end of the year and showing that. Um, and kind of digging that out because as I said those challenges wins for me are just as important as the big ones you get on tour because uh, that's all the work that people don't see and even not even just the wins on the challenger the practice weeks beforehand that you don't see that build up to those that build up
0: to the wins like Federer so I was talking and did a podcast yesterday with Jermier Jenkins yeah. I don't know did you play him at all I did it was a funny <laughs> match actually we played each other in Tarragon,
1: <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I, I can't exactly remember the score but it was Tarragon by the way Oof tough tough place for me to play i hope i never go back there like great people around the tournament but just unbelievable wins and it's just like when you play a tournament when you're 14 as part of a junior australian open like leading you yep. don't wish to play that many <laughs> years after but it's a place i found myself in and yeah we played and it was a f- he was playing some good tennis it was like five old. i don't know how old i was and uh i think he might have missed a break point or whatever and he slapped his hand, or punched a chair, or something like that. And he ripped a massive bit of skin off his hand. And then uh, I remember, so there was like a five-minute delay, or like ten-minute delay in between my serves, like 5 or juice or something. I lost the next two points, got broken, lost the match, and I was even more pissed than he I was. Like, he got ripped the skin off. So, uh, but he's a good dude, and those are those are memories you can just remember.
0: So the the reason I bring him up is we talked about what what he. Could I don't say I want to say wishes he could have done differently, but yeah. what he would say to his self around those yeah. times. And it all, all kind of boiled down to the idea that tennis is not everything. Yeah. The idea of exploring yeah. cities and yeah. finding other outlets so that you're not just stuck in a hotel room, etc. 100%. What, what are those things for you? Um, and how are you trying to enhance them right now so you're not just stuck in a rut?
1: For me, I love, I love other things as well. Um, maybe if I put all my focus into tennis... I'd probably be in a better spot. I don't know, but mentally I don't know if I'd be in a better spot because I, uh, in 2016 I was really struggling. I had the surgery and uh, I, my levels, was and I just literally was stuck in this cycle of injuries where I mentioned it before, like, I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't feel like I deserved to be anywhere. Like, people know me for being a good young tennis player um, and I couldn't really do that. I didn't have that, so I was like, I don't really have anything to celebrate. I don't really have any reason to go out. So what made me happier was just kind of sticking to the things I love. I love PlayStation. I love hanging out with mates. I love going out a little bit um, and enjoying that aspect of it and just doing stuff kids my age do. And, and there's a time and a place for it. Uh, so it's about me trying to balance that a little bit better. I love my NBA. I love basketball. Yeah, so
0: I'm aware. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: all <laughs> I tweet about. I care more about that than my <laughs> tennis matches. So uh, I've got that outlet, which I really like to tap into. And uh, that keeps me distracted because if I think tennis, tennis, tennis all the time, yeah. it
0: drives me insane so let's talk a little bit about James Harden yeah <laughs> um, I think somebody somebody on Twitter last week compared him to Picasso in that he's you, you have an appreciation for the mastery of what he's able to do yeah. but sometimes you're just kind of like yeah, it doesn't have that, that, that yeah. prettiness yeah. if you will yeah. what, what, you, what what draws you to him
1: so I was I'm a massive Chris Paul fan like we were with the same agency Uh, at CAA a little bit ago and that's how I met him through him and we follow each other on on social media and uh, we talk a little bit here and there and he's a good dude and that was pretty sick so he was with the Clippers, Hornets initially and he went to the Clippers, so (laughs) I was a Clippers fan and then he went to the Rockets so I'm not really a bandwagon fan even though (laughs) they had a good year Um, but yeah, just watching Harden and what he's done the thing which I can take appreciation from the the basketballers is they play so many games and they're playing back-to-backs and and they, the good players from the decent players or the great players from the good players is just that they're able to back up that consistency and, and that work ethic time and time again and prove night in, night out that they're the best. And Harden has literally been putting Houston on his back since he got traded from OKC. And Yeah, he draws a lot of fouls and people might not like it, but you've got to respect the craft and how he does yeah. it because... If you do not on a foul and don't just don't touch him, yeah, right. but like if you if you're not close enough to him, he's going to make the shot. So he's he's actually a wizard, and I think for sure he's the best offensive player in the league right I now. I
0: Completely agree. Yeah. I I think LeBron is. Yeah. I'm from the Chicagoland area. I'm yeah. supposed to say Jordan, but Jordan. I think LeBron is yeah. is the best yeah. that there possibly is. But. Yeah. Have, have you talked to Chris Paul specifically about that, about backing it up day after day, or, or somebody along those lines? I haven't. I haven't in general, but it's just I've, I've. His is just more kind of catching up. I remember I was playing
1: in 2015 against uh, Gasquet, and I ended up cramping, and uh, he was going to come to my box the next round if I won. So I was, I was pissed off when I heard that uh, that he was going to come, and I didn't end up making it. But uh, not not really about that. But these are just things that you talk to other players on tour yeah. about. Um, Guys like Andy, who have been there, guys like Rog, um, they kind of they kind of understand that aspect. But from him, it's more of just like a catch up, hope you're doing well type thing, yeah. um, and just like wishing him all the best for tournaments, so just, uh, for for games and playoff series and stuff like that. So just pretty low key with stuff like that.
0: Um, I know we're approaching your your time limit. No, no, that's I'm, all right. I'm gonna get back <laughs> here pretty soon. Um, it's it's an interesting political atmosphere down here in terms yeah. of the Tennis Australia aspect. Yeah. And we're not going to delve into it yeah. too much um, because yeah. I, you're, you're past that at this point. Yeah, you're yeah. getting into the main draw. but. Yeah. I- I- we don't necessarily understand it from yeah. the media perspective you know yeah. we just kind of like to pit sides yeah. against each other there's obviously much more depth which you and, and others yeah. might know about how, how do you think we as a, as the media could better understand that aspect and and maybe some of the depth of the the human and peop, humans involved
1: yeah uh that's a good question it's tough I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky subject. There's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes which not everyone knows about. And I, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, that's part of the media's job. It's, it's tough for them to, unless they have direct connections with the players and the people involved, then it's tough for them to, to really understand what's going on. But as a, as a player, you just kind of try and put that shit aside, honestly, and just, just work on what you need to do on court and eventually hopefully just let your racket do the talking because yeah. bottom line is you're good enough, you're good enough and uh that's all it comes down to yeah there's a little bit of shit that comes along the way with getting there but uh if if your game's good enough and you focus and you want it bad enough it it should happen for you i think
0: do you think you're accurately portrayed in the media
1: uh i think so i think it's the sometimes the people that actually don't really know the person and they kind of only watch a little bit of tennis sort of come january time if you're from australia and they hear a few names and read some headline and then they just lump it together yeah but those are the people as a player you don't really even think about if if they don't really know what's going on and they don't really mean much then you kind of just scrap it you just worry about what you need to do on court and and worry about yourself going forward when
0: when i came up uh, you were talking with with nick yeah um, and and every time i've seen him literally every time he says to me the exact same thing and he says to me you know the challenger guy i don't think he remembers my name (laughs) which is fine um but he says I miss those days yeah, and yeah. so in, I saw him in New York and I said what do, you, what do you actually mean by that and he said it was just so simple exactly yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have to worry about all that other shit
1: yeah well there's uh, especially then because yeah at, at that point where when names and people heard us like we've got potential but there's no real expectation on us yeah and we're just enjoying it. We're young, we're playing basketball like in between games and, and we're really just enjoying uh, being out there. And again, you're travelling with your mates, so that's where people yeah. can get comfortable on the challenger circuit. Uh, you're travelling with your mates, you're always enjoying it. Uh, if you lose, if you win, whatever, you go to LA Fitness the next day and just play basketball, pick up <laughs> hours for five hours. So we, we used to smash that in the challenges and maybe that's <laughs> why we get injured a bit. But uh, I think that that's what he means, where you just hang out with each other, not really worried about all the other stuff that going on you're not really worried about money you're not really worried about results and like winning tournaments at that point you're just kind of enjoying the journey a little bit when you're that age and and building up and me and nick have known each other for so long we've got a lot of the same interests we're, we're different personalities but we've got a lot of things we like to we love to play playstation we always sledge each other about nba and basketball and and we spend a bit of time off the court together but uh so
0: we miss those and
1: just just pretty much talking shit
0: it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're next to get the the shoe, the crossover shoe, right? I'm a bit away. I need a... a <laughs> that would be sick. That would be sick.
1: Something with Jordan who, brand or something. Who would, would you... I mean, who would I'd be i have the... to go Chris Paul. Okay. To, even though I like Harden shoes, the Adidas right now, but uh, no, uh, Chris Paul's with uh, Jordan and Jordan and Nike obviously affiliated, but uh, yeah, it'd have to be like my favorite NBA player, so it'd, it'd have to be something like that, I reckon.
0: At this point, at this age, yeah. if you had gone back, say, to when you were 13 or 14 and dedicated yourself to basketball, how far do you think you would have gotten?
1: Oh, it's tough to say. I was decent. I was decent. I'm not going to say I was an absolute world beater, but you never know because obviously basketball is such a global sport as well as tennis. Uh, I reckon I would have been able to make the NBL for sure. Okay. Maybe a League We'll see. I don't know. It's so tough to say. you know yeah,
0: I, I, I Taking stopped. the injuries out of yeah, it. And yeah, all yeah. That. I
1: stopped because I hated, uh, hated Sunday practices. <laughs> And then I realized, I was like, fuck, in, uh, in tennis, there's you get a lot more of those. And I was doing some ridiculous hours when I was younger. So, yeah, when I knew... But I was a selfish, selfish kid, too, because I was like... When I was playing basketball, if my team won and I played like shit, I was pissed off. <laughs> and if I played like shit and my team won, I was still pissed off because I didn't help <laughs> the team win. So, I was like, at least with tennis, you know what, I can do what I want. Like, I can... It's on me. If I lose, okay, obviously you've got an opponent who can play well as well, but if I lose it's on me, if I win it's on me, so yeah, that's what shows me to it.
0: You've got two days here before the draw, the main draw starts, um, what, what, what do you do in Melbourne, um, how much do you actually get out versus, I, I assume you being a, a known personality here, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different when you walk the streets than if you're in New York.
1: Yeah, it is a little bit different at times. Um, especially especially when I was playing and you have those big wins, and you go out and everyone just kind of looks at you like you're in a zoo. Uh, it, it's pretty cool but at the same time it gets a bit weird. I don't mind when people come up for photos but when it's the subtle look away and then the camera's facing you and you <laughs> catch that, that, that kind of rattles you a little bit. Um, but for me, one of my routine has been getting uh, Uber Eats to be honest and uh, playing, uh, playing 2K online with some of my best mates. Okay. So, but uh, I've, I've talked to a few of my boys and we might actually go to a zoo today so I don't know. I've, I haven't done that since I was probably eight. But I was like, why not? I'll see a silverback. <laughs> so, I don't know, we'll suss something out. It's a perfect Saturday activity. Yeah, exactly. It is kids' day here. Exactly, I've got a couple of days off, I've got a Tuesday start, which I'm loving. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good having a few days off after your quality. You feel like you really earned the spot yeah. as well. So, again, would I have liked to get the wild card, yeah, but quality feels that much better. Um, so, I'm happy where I'm at right now. Chill out a little bit, go to the zoo. Um, talk about shit that doesn't really matter and uh, yeah
0: that's, that's what call we it do. a day that's what I do for a living I love it I love it it's <laughs> Tanazi, a good living thank you Thanks, I appreciate it. appreciate it appreciate it we'll have more on the podcast sponsored by New Bounce coming up in the next couple of days